Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Hey, spiritual warriors, welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Coffin Green, and I'm so excited to be back with you for a brand new season and a brand new episode of War in the Spirit. I'm so excited to have you guys back. I haven't been with you in a long time. I took a little bit of a sabbatical kind of to restore and renew and refill. And I just believe that God is doing something a little bit different um, with my ministry and the podcast. So I just took some time off to hear from him and see what he wanted me to do next. But we're back with a brand new season. And this is season number six of War in the Spirit. I'm so excited that it's still standing, that you're still tuning in to hear what God has to say. And we're going to talk about the significance of season number six as we dive into the episode. But this is season number six, episode number one, entitled Secrets in the Kingdom. So for those of you who have tuned into War in the Spirit before, you know that many of the things that I say in this podcast are prophetic. We talk a lot about what God is doing in this time or in the current season. And oftentimes the seasons of the podcast coincide with something that God wants us to know about what he is doing in the earth. So this season is season number six. And when I think about the number six, it makes me think about the sixth day of the creation which is when he created Adam and it was the completion of man. It was the completion of the flesh. And what God was showing me, he literally woke me up at one something in the morning and gave me this entire message for this episode. So what he was showing me is that this is a season where the flesh must die. And as I was thinking about that, it also made me think about Jesus' death and um, how in Matthew 27, uh, verse 45, it talks about the sixth hour. It says, now from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon all the land until the ninth hour. So if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard me talk about the significance of some of these numbers. And nine is often representative of the divine will of God. And we also know that there was a a physical manifestation, a showing of God's power when Jesus died on the cross. It says that the earth shook, that the veil tore, that rocks were split, that darkness came over the earth. And I believe that that is what God is doing now in this time and season. God is doing what is necessary to bring the fleshly ways of his people to an end. So we are in a season of six where the flesh 
must be completed so that we can embrace the spirit of God. And so God must do what's necessary to kill the flesh of his people so that his spirit may rise within them. And when I thought about Jesus, it made me think about what happened um, at his crucifixion at the sixth hour and uh, all the way to the ninth hour and the veil being torn. It made me think of access to the holy of holies when the veil was torn. You see, oftentimes there's no what God was showing me is that after the veil was torn, you didn't need an intermediary to get to God's presence. See, before the veil, only the priests could go into the Holy of Holies. Only certain people could access the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. But once Jesus died, the people were able to access the presence and the power and the glory of God for themselves. And it made me think about this time where we, we've come to rely so much on our leadership in the church. And many of us are not spending as much time cultivating our own personal relationship with God. And so God is cutting out the middleman literally the middleman, because man has proven to be corrupt and misaligned, a corrupt and misaligned intermediary serving the people raw meat. So what God has been showing me, he's been speaking to me about this for a long time, um, but he hasn't really released me to speak on it corporately until now that many of the leaders in the church have been serving the people raw meat, meaning that they're eating the cooked meat and, and on the word, they're chewing on the word in a different way than they're serving it up to the people. And oftentimes what happens in those situations is that there's a, a personal agenda that's taking place. And so they're not teaching the people how to have their own personal relationship with God because there's this perception that then the need for them and their service will be cut out and their platform will be diminished because now the people have a direct line to God. But I'm here to tell you that God wants you to know him for yourself. And, and, and he is about to expose all the secrets in the kingdom. You see, because Jesus was the best kept secret in the kingdom. And so as you think about when Jesus came to earth and, and he, he told them, don't tell them that I am the Christ. Why? Because he needed them to know for themselves. He needed them to discern in the spirit for themselves. He came to bring a word. He came to preach about God and to heal the sick and to show a demonstration of the power and the love of God. But it was up to the people to choose for themselves. And that's the space that God is calling you into also. Again, all the secrets in the kingdom are about to be exposed. And so as I was preparing this podcast, I looked up the definition of the word secret. One definition said kept from knowledge or view. Marked by the habit of discretion 
working with hidden aims or or methods and designed to elude observation or detection. But you see, the thing about secrets is secrets are multifaceted. You see, they can serve multiple purposes and agendas. There are those secrets that hide treasure and things of value. And then there are those secrets that hide detestable things and things that were done in the dark that no one wants exposed. <laughs> so God is exposing all the secrets of the kingdom. So you see, he's exposing both the treasures of the kingdom and he's also exposing the detestable things that are going on under his name, in his church, with his leadership, with his people. Everything is about to be exposed. So let's go first and talk about the secrets in the kingdom that reveal treasure. So think about, you know, I'm, I really love the movie National Treasure. And it made me think about um, what the first clue, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's with Nicolas Cage. And the first clue that he gets to the fact that this great Templar treasure exists is it says the secret lies with Charlotte. And this clue has been passed down generation to generation to generation to his family. And none of the previous generations were able to crack the clue to find and discover this hidden treasure. But this is the generation that finds the treasure. His was the generation that finds the treasure. And God is doing a new thing through this generation of people. There is a remnant that has been hidden that is about to be exposed. So it takes me to Mark chapter four, verses 10 through 12. And it says, as soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the, the 12 disciples, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But for those who are outside, everything comes in parables so that while seeing, they may see and not perceive. And while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and it would be forgiven them. You see, the interesting thing about this time is that God is creating problems and situations in the world just so his people and his kingdom can be the answer to those problems and situations and draw souls back into his kingdom. You see, the kingdom is the answer to every one of the world's problems, but because Many of us have not been in position. The enemy has been able to garner so much territory and influence in the world. You see, but God is drying up his voice in the earth, his presence and his glory. And there will only be a few places where you can tap in if you haven't stored up your oil in previous seasons. You see, it's like the faucet is being turned off. And if you didn't gather enough oil to withstand this wintry season, the season of famine, well, you better find a true kingdom connection to tap into. 
You better find the true remnant because they are the only ones in this season who will be able to tap in and bring a word from the Lord. Every other voice is about to be silenced because there are so many voices that are speaking on behalf of God and are not walking in his word. So think about Joseph. See, Joseph was appointed ruler over all the resources in Egypt in Genesis chapters 37, 39, and 40. He was hidden in the pit and in the prison until the time for him to emerge because he was an answer to a problem that God created to allow his kingdom to garner territory and influence. You see, the pit and the prison were like his cocoons. And the remnant of God has been hidden in cocoons up until this time. You see, they're holding secrets to the kingdom. They're holding um, answers to problems. They're holding access to resources and the way that systems need to now be restructured because we're looking at a time where every system of the world is being disrupted. See, God sent a divine disruption, not only to your life, to your routine. He sent a divine disruption to your mindset, to every system that you operate in. Because he needs you to recalibrate. He needs you to change your perspective of understanding what you need to connect to in this time. Because what you were connected to before is falling. So it's time to recalibrate and get into position. Because God is tired of contending with the flesh of his people. And as I said before, he's drying up his voice. He is withdrawing himself. Ezekiel 5.11 says, Therefore, as I live, declares the Lord God, because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable idols and with all your abominations, I definitely will also withdraw and my eye will have no pity and I also will not spare. You see, God is tired of disorder in his kingdom. He is tired of contending with the flesh of his people. So he is about to shut it all down. The remnant is being uncovered because they are going to be the voice for God in the earth, the representation of God in the earth and all those have been who have been misrepresenting God. Every secret is about to be uncovered. The good secrets, those who God has been cultivating to bring the people to a place, those those new age Moses to, to bring people across the wilderness and into the promised land. But it requires a recalibration. You see, it's get your life seasoned. <laughs> it's time for you to get your life. It's time for you to rethink your priorities. It's time for you to walk it like you talk it. 
It's not enough to just say I'm a believer anymore. Now your walk has to match your talk. You see, people always say, oh, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Yes, his grace is sufficient. But let's look at that verse because I feel like many times we abuse and misuse the grace of God. We take the grace of God for granted. Second Corinthians 12, nine and 10 says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in distresses, in persecutions, in difficulties, in behalf of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. But here's the thing about grace. It says that his grace is sufficient. It does not say that his grace is endless. And, you know, I tell people all the time that grace is like the bridge between where you are and where God wants you to be. It's sufficient in your weakness to bring you out of your flesh when you embrace his strength and bring you into righteousness. But too many of us have gotten comfortable in the flesh, have refused to move out of that place. And so now God has to do some persuading. You see, grace is running out because the people are not moving into a new position. Just like the children of Israel, God had grace on them, many of them in the wilderness, in their unbelief, in their doubt in him, in their questioning him. And eventually God said, you know what? Y'all ain't going to the promised land. You're going to die right here in this wilderness because the grace ran out because they stopped stretching and moving forward because they refused to keep growing because they refused to keep trusting God. And many of us are doing the same. So God, the grace has run out. So think about many of what happens is God gives us grace. Not just his grace to cover us, but he gives us a grace to do a thing for him. He gives us the grace to, to he gives us gifts of his spirit. He gives us territory in grace. And when he gives it to us in grace, what he expects us to do is to show us that we are capable of stewarding that territory that he's given us. So think of a gift a territory or grace on your life as credit. God has given it to you on credit. He said, you know what? Let me see what you're going to do with this ministry. Let me see what you're going to do in this career. Let me see what you're going to do with this family. Let me see what you're going to do in this territory, in this organization, in this place of influence. So he gave it to you on credit because when he gave it to you, you hadn't proven that you could carry it yet. And so over the course of time, God has been giving us all the opportunity to show him that he can trust us with what he's given. And some of us have buried it. Some of us have defiled it. 
Some of us have misused it. And some of us have been great stewards and grown it. And here's the thing. God is calling in the debt. So if he gave you that thing on credit and your relationship with him, your actions, your choices, your decisions, and your walk haven't been able to pay off the debt, he's calling that thing back in, that territory back in, that that influence back in. He's calling those resources back in. He's calling that grace, that gift that he's given you back in until you can show him that you are a steward and can carry it. You see, leaders are being exposed and unseated. We've seen it already. Here it is, uh, Pastor Lentz at Hillsong, New York unseated. John Gray has been exposed in the last couple of weeks. God is not playing. You see, because he gave us grace to cover our shortcomings. But at some point, you have to choose to turn away from those wicked ways and go in a different direction. You see, we can't just say, you know what? I made a mistake. And God's grace is sufficient, but I'm not going to turn from this thing. I'm going to just keep doing it because God's grace is going to cover me. No, 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 no. At some point, you have to answer for your decisions. Leaders being exposed and unseated. You see, God is dealing with his people first. Everyone in, in the church wants to condemn the world, not realizing that they have become the world. And that's why the world isn't getting saved. There are too many secrets in the kingdom. God has to get his house in order first before he addresses anything in the world. Notice I separate the kingdom and the church because they are not one in the same. You see, the church has become an institution of the world as opposed to a temple, a dwelling place of the most high God. We think that the church is for walls, but it's not. It's simply the sum of the hearts of those who make up its body, which is supposed to be the body of Christ. However, when the hearts of the people who claim to be the church don't look like Christ, it is not a temple for God because he doesn't dwell in filth. Therefore, he has withdrawn his glory from this worldly institution that man has created. The imposter claiming to be his temple. There are too many secrets in the kingdom. You see, all things that have been done in the dark shall come to light in this season. And God said to me, I was thinking about this and he showed me something about 45 and I began to read Isaiah 45 and he said to me, 45 is the number of exposure. And it made me think about President Trump and he's president number 45 and he has literally exposed the true fabric and makings of this country. You see, because everyone is mad at him. Everyone is saying, oh my gosh, he's so awful. But the truth of the matter is he is a true reflection of the people in our country. And, and God placed him there to expose the truth of the fabric 
of this country. You see, because the truth of the matter is, if he weren't what many of the people in this country stand for, he wouldn't have never gotten in office. You see, it's, it's not just on him. It's on us. It's on the hearts of the people. He is just a vessel to expose it. Matthew uh, chapter 10, starting at verse 26 says, so do not fear them. There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, tell in the light and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim on the housetops and do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Therefore, Everyone, this is verse 32, everyone who confesses me before people, I will also confess him before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before people, I will also deny him before my father who is in heaven. Verse 34, do not think I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. You see, <laughs> Jesus came to put things in order. Like I said, it's a walk it like you talk it season. It's a reordering of the priorities of the people. And he is turning over everything. Everything is being deconstructed so that it can be reconstructed because the system is broken. His church has been built on a broken foundation, which means it has to be completely torn down. Mark chapter 13, I'm going to start at verse one says, as he was going out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, teacher, look, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another which will not be torn down. <laughs> it's a tear down season. And, and God is drying up the things that we have placed so much of our trust and our faith in, as opposed to putting our trust and faith in him. And he says, we're going to go to verse three. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John and Andrew were questioning him privately. Tell us when these things come about and what will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled. And Jesus began to say to them, see to it that no one misleads you. Many will come in my name saying I am he and they will mislead many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Those things must take place. But this is not yet the end for nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will also be famines. These things are only the beginning of birth pains. You see, there is a desolation coming. There is a dry up coming because... The people have not 
done their part. The, the, the church, the believers are not walking in his word. We have become false representations of God in the earth. And Jeremiah 4, 20 says, disaster upon disaster is proclaimed for the whole land is devastated. Suddenly my tents are devastated and my curtains in an instant. How long must I see the flag and hear the sound of the trumpet? For my people are foolish. They do not know me. They are foolish children and have no understanding. They are skillful at doing evil. They do not know how to do good. I looked at the earth and behold, it was a formless and desolate emptiness. You see, God has been giving us grace to get in position. But instead, we've been chasing opportunity and we've been chasing a uh, uh, a financial uh, increase. We've been chasing platforms. We've been chasing fame instead of chasing the heart of God. There are too many secrets in the kingdom. We have been hiding the truth of our hearts. When we say we are a believer, there is another level of responsibility to operate as a believer. You see, you can't just say it out of your mouth. It says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, your walk has to match your talk. And God is calling in the debt right now. You see, a new thing is springing forth in the wilderness, will you perceive it? Isaiah 43, 19 says, behold, I am going to do something new. Now it will spring up. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. You see, even in the desolate place, even in the dry place, even in the wilderness, God is springing something forth. But the thing is, you have to be able to perceive it. You see, God isn't doing this to punish us. He is doing this because he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to fall short of everything that he said we can have. He doesn't want us to fall short of his true prosperity in our lives. He doesn't want us to live below our purpose anymore. He doesn't want us to be slaves to a system that wasn't created for us. It was a system that was created to work against us, but we have assimilated into the system that the enemy created to keep us all out of position. There are too many secrets in the kingdom. And as I was thinking about this and, you know, the words that God kept saying to me is winter is coming, winter is coming, winter is coming. And I taught a Bible study um, a, a couple months ago 
And I kept saying winter. Winter is when things die off. See, because what happens right before winter is when you see animals, that's when things go into hibernation. That's when nothing new is springing forth. That's when there's no new uh, 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 sources of food, right? It's a famine time kind of. And the only way that you have what you need in a wintry season is if you've stored up before the winter. And so it took me to thinking about the parable of the 10 virgins in Matthew chapter 25. And it says, starting in verse one, then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take extra oil with them. But the prudent ones took oil in flasks with their lamps. Now, while the groom was delaying, they all became drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight, there finally was a shout. Behold, the groom come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish virgins said to the prudent ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. However, the prudent ones answered, no. There most certainly would not be enough for us and you too. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the groom came and those who were ready went in with them to the wedding feast and the door was shut. Yet later, the other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Be on the alert then, because you do not know the day nor the hour. You see, we've come into a wintry season where God is drying things up. And the question is, did you store up your oil in the proper season in preparation for what he was doing? And the reason that those virgins were not able to gain access to the banquet is because he said, I do not know you. Because we've been talking, but we haven't been walking. Because we've been reading, but we haven't been seeking. We haven't been asking. We haven't been knocking. And so the door cannot be opened. I do not know you. Many of us have have been religious, but not had relationship. And so the oil is drying up. If you have nothing for God to burn in your lamp in this time and this season, the door will be shut. You see, Jeremiah 4, 1 and 2 says, if you will return, Israel, declares the Lord, then you should return to me. And if you will put away your detestable things from my presence and will not waver. And if you will swear as the Lord lives in truth, in justice and in righteousness, then the nations will bless themselves in him and in him, they will boast. You see, part of the problem is that the world is so out of position because the church is out of position. You see, this scripture says that if the church, if the people, 
If God's people put away their detestable things, then guess what? The nations will also follow suit. If the people of God swear as the Lord lives in truth, in justice, and in righteousness, then the nations will bless themselves in him. See, the reason that everything is so off kilter is because God's people are off kilter. There are too many secrets in the kingdom. Too many people pretending that they have a relationship. Too many people doing things in the dark that they know are not right. Too many people pushing personal agendas. Too many people mating with the world. Psalm 24, 3 through 6 says, Who may ascend onto the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? One who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to deceit and has not sworn deceitfully he will receive a blessing from the lord and righteousness from the god of his salvation this is the generation of those who seek him who seek your face even jacob you see there are too many dirty hands and impure hearts in the institution of the church that's why it's not the temple there are too many personal agendas and pursuit of worldly platforms and provisions. Too many rejecting the need for healing in their broken and wounded places. No wonder the world is lost. The world is lost because the church is lost. You see, we get clean hands by taking our hands off of the things that are of the world and not of the kingdom. What is God directing you to do in this time and in this season? And what is he telling you to take your hands off of? Because every good thing is not a God thing. Some good things are a trap set by the enemy, just like a rat trap has cheese on it. And that cheese looks good to that rat. But that rat is going to go and grab that cheese off that trap and get caught. What is the enemy trying to get you caught in? What secrets is he trying to get you caught in? What lies, what deceit is he trying to get you caught in? What broken mindsets is he trying to get you caught in? Broken hearts, depression, resentment, unforgiveness, doubt. Where is he trying to trap you? There are too many secrets in the kingdom. You see, it's table turning season. Matthew 21, 12 and 13 says, and Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all those who were selling and buying on the temple grounds. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. You see, when we remain out of position, when we take his grace for granted, we are stealing something from God's kingdom. It may not be money, but it can be glory. Because if you aren't doing what God has called you to do, if you are not walking in your purpose, you are stealing glory from God. 
because he placed you here. Your life is supposed to be a story of his glory. And because so many of us are out of position and we are stealing his glory, he is cutting it off from us. There are too many secrets in the kingdom. There are too many secrets in the hearts of the people. Too many hidden wounds. Too much hurt that has gone unaddressed. And we're not addressing it. We don't even want to bring up the things that we know are a problem because it's uncomfortable. But that's what keeps the hearts of the people in an unpure place. That's what keeps the hand of the people dirty so that they can't ascend to the hill of the Lord. Because only those with clean hands and a pure heart can ascend. It's time to take inventory of your secrets. Which side are you standing on? Are you in the position in relationship with God where you've been asking and seeking and knocking? Where you have access to the secrets that will bring you the hidden treasures of the kingdom? Or are you out of position, hiding things in the darkness, detestable things, misaligned things? There are too many secrets in the kingdom. And God is about to expose every single one. I pray that you take inventory of yourself, of your heart, of your ways, of your walk, and that you get your life in order. So your walk can match your talk. And so you don't starve in this wintry season. That's the word that God gave me to impart to you this week. I pray that it pricks your heart and convicts you in a way that will not allow you to be still. And so I'm gonna pray over this because it's so urgent. Father God, we come before you to say thank you for the word that you've given. For we know that you love your children. And even in love, you bring reproach and correction so that we can get in position because there is something that you desire for us. I thank you for every person that will hear this, that will heed the call, that will answer and that will respond. I pray, Father, that you will give the people a new understanding of what they need to do in order to realign with you in this time and in this season. God, I pray that you will expose the lies, the dirt, the deceitfulness in your people so that it can be washed 
and the temple of the Lord can be reestablished. The kingdom can be set back in its proper position. I pray right now, Father, that the remnant that you have been hiding as you uncover them, as they emerge from the cocoon, Father, that you provide the grace that they need to step into position, the boldness that they need to speak out and to be an influencer, to harvest in the souls of those who are lost. I pray right now, God, that you give the people another level of strength to walk into position. I pray all these things in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. I just have to leave that word with you and I need to tell you it's so urgent that you take inventory of your heart, of your mind, of your spirit and go to God to see if where you stand aligns with his will, not just as a whole and for his kingdom, but for your life. And if you want help with that, if you want insight, if you need someone to help you walk it out, you can reach out to me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. I'm happy to help you find your place. If you feel led to sow on this word, you may do so at cash app dollar sign war in the spirit or at Venmo war in the spirit 12 and I also want you to think about seeds that God may want you to sow on this word because seeds are not always financial in fact it's not even about sowing into the person that released the word Sometimes a seed is a seed of sacrifice. Sometimes a seed is a seed of faith. Sometimes a seed is a seed of obedience. Sometimes a seed is a seed of surrender. Whatever you do, put a seed in the ground. Wherever God leads you to put it. So that something can be harvested for you. I love you guys. If you want to reach me, you could also reach out to me at um, on Facebook at War in the Spirit 11. Um, you can also visit my YouTube channel uh, where you can find other videos and teachings that I've done at War in the Spirit Live. I love you. Have an awesome, wonderful week. And I pray that you receive this word and that you respond accordingly. Be blessed. Bye.